We're rolling and action. So, do you owe me coffee or not? I do not owe you coffee. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> I sent an email today. <laughs> <laughs> On the way to Bucktown. That's <laughs> all you had to do. You could have sent the email too. Uh, yeah, but I was I was busy. Okay. And I and I don't have your address. Like, it's, I mean, I have it, but I don't. I know the zip code memorized. Craftbeerradio.com slash samples dot html. What? Craftbeerradio.com slash samples dot html. Okay, there you go. Good to know. All right. So, uh, I'm back from Arizona. That was a lot of fun. That was a blast. Yes. Tell me about it. So you went for work. Yes. Uh, it was our summit, like I said, our um, sort of trade show where we bring uh, a lot of people who use our product in to tell them about what's coming new and also is having you know, groups about what what uh, meetings with them, about, mm-hmm. about what we can do for them, and also if they have questions and stuff and uh to, you know, doing support, uh-huh. live support. And it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. The first day was kind of like crazy because I, you know, still kind of getting used to being in Tucson. Didn't, didn't know exactly what I was doing there, what I was supposed to do. I, I was sitting behind the registration desk for a little bit uh, and actually did a couple of developer tickets. So I was like, well, I have some time. The second day was more kind of roundtable discussions and those I got involved in and, and uh-huh. uh, was even like, you know, answering questions for people. But it was really, really cool. Um, <laughs> just trying to go over it in my head like you know step by step what happened but sure. yeah so we get so we get in there so it's a long flight out right i mean we have to fly to dallas and then we have to fly to tucson and then we got to tucson and we are staying in these uh in these golf suites these uh catalinas that are away from the actual main uh hotel but it's only like a it's only like a mile, so they have actually a, a bus that goes back and forth between them. Okay. Uh, and my suite was the one at the very end of the area, so I had to take a... They have a golf cart that drives you out to the various suites and stuff like that. It was a pretty long walk, and I and I had actually kind of hurt my back on the way down, so that was... It was nice to get that. I then basically slept for four hours, mm-hmm. uh, and then went to the, the, the party that was the opening party. And that was just kind of like, oh, hey, everybody's here. And I get to sort of see everybody and um, basically went to sleep. Oh, the cool thing was when my Castellita or Catalina, I think they were called Catalinas, Goss Suites, didn't have, they they don't have Wi-Fi in them because they're relatively old. But they they said, oh, but we have wired internet connection. But they didn't, not in mine. (laughs) (laughs) I eventually managed to get it there. Then the second, or the, yeah, the late later on after the party, uh, they had to install the DSL modem in order to get, <laughs> order to get me my internet access. But I did finally get it. That's but, that's crazy. Yeah. That there's a hotel room that's been occupied in the past five years that someone else hasn't demanded internet for. I know. It's, um. Next day, went in you know, early, did, did the breakfast, um, 
went to the very the very first you know the sort of introduction thing that our CEO does, mm-hmm. and that's when we got uh, the champagne at nine in the morning. That was fun. Then pretty immediately was kind of like okay, kind of overwhelmed by the whole situation because okay. um, I, I was like okay, there's a lot of people here. There was a, a lot of talking going on. I'm like, kind of like, what am I doing? So it took me it, about a day, I think, for everything to kind of, for me to be able to, to be more interactive with people. Okay. Uh, like I said, I, I did work at the registration desk for like three hours and then just kind of stood behind the scenes and kind of looked and saw what was happening. Just to get an idea. It was my first summit. It was most of the people who work with me, there's at least their second summit. There's a, that's from Tim, Craft Pittsburgh. Tim, I guess. Oh, it went away. Yeah. It's okay. Look at it. So, it's, it's, uh, what is it with him and eating bugs? He had me eating grub worms and crickets the last time I saw him. <laughs> that was when we were up at Shubu, yes, right? Yes, I remember, yes. Uh, what is it? It, it is that, uh, so I brought home, Jeff was showing, I brought home for Jeff jumping beans for the kids and for the kids, scorpion lollipops. Uh, I have one at home, and I brought, got two for the kids. I thought they would enjoy that. It's funny. Hey, kids, you want a lollipop? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? It's a scorpion inside. Why is it? Why do I think eating bugs is cool? Because why not? We eat plenty of other arthropods, and we seem to have no problem with it. Right. Do you like it a little bit more because it's? Uh, I, I think it's not, I think it's funnier because it's it's a it, it, it's not usual. Right. I think it, you know it, it, it's funny to see people shocked by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, do I do I actually feel that it's that it's functionally different from eating anything else? No, I don't see why we're we're fine with like you know killing cows by the thousands and chickens and goats and lambs and whatever. But no, a bug. No way. They have a thing on uh, Science Friday. I think it was an older one from a couple of weeks ago, but they're talking about gallons of water to produce different things. Yeah. And like, so-and-so for a chicken, so-and-so for a cow, so-and-so for chickpeas, all big numbers. And then like six-tenths of a gallon for, you know, pound of crickets or something yeah. like that. And like I said, I've said it before, you could probably make your typical McDonald's patties out of some insects. Okay, Forget human food at all. What about all the dog food and you know cat food and stuff? You could just substitute the protein in there for insects, and believe me, your dog or cat won't care. Right? You know all all the feed that we give to other animals, stuff like that. It could be easily substituted with insect protein, and and we don't have to actually introduce then insects into the human consumption chain, but we still are making a huge dent in. An agricultural performance. Well, it's like we had this talk a couple of years ago, but I was surprised to find out that fish food used in farmed fish is mostly uh, ocean fish that were caught to be made into fish food for farmed raised fish, mm-hmm. which seems stupid, absurdly <laughs> stupid. Well, that might be a situation where. The fish need a certain diet, and it's easier to to make it. I mean, there still would have to be some like production issues, right? With with getting the right type of protein for each of these animals and stuff. And so, you may have to do some science, mm-hmm. some sciencey stuff on it right. to get the right proteins expressed. 
I'm sure you could you could have it done ultimately, but it may take a little bit of work. But right, yeah. Fish, it's damn fish. Anyway, so yeah, second day of summit was elaborate. Oh, did we we ate outside? Uh, we did a lot of stuff outside, and it was it's okay. I mean, it's it's only like you know eighty degrees or so, and it's not bad in the shade because it's it's not humid. Uh-huh. But it was, ding. It was a situation where we found ourselves a lot of the very first day. A lot of developers found ourselves on a table that was uh, by ourselves, and then we had the sun beating down on us, and. We didn't have a umbrella because they did not have enough umbrellas for all the tables. So we were out in the sun. Fortunately, I got some sunscreen, so I didn't get uh-huh. burned. But the funniest thing was that our what we didn't think about was that our silverware was out there in oh. the sun too. <laughs> and that gets hot very, very quickly when the sun is directly overhead and you're in Arizona. Uh-huh. So that was funny, and they, they put out butter like 20 minutes before everyone was going out. So it was soup. It was soup in a, in a plate. <laughs> The food was was good, but it was it was like they clearly it, this was a big event, and it was like not um, it was harder to. There were five hundred people. I guess I could open the spear, huh? Yeah, five hundred clients, and there were you know one hundred and seventy of us. So that's a that's a lot of people who were there. I think it might be. We don't know if it's going to be in uh, Tucson next year or not. Because it might be outgrowing Tucson. Oh, what else? Then, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of great pictures. Oh, uh, Tuesday, um, uh, one of, uh, I I got taken around in in Tucson to various places. Um, My sort of boss's boss's boss took me out, and uh, she she. we went to a couple places downtown, and she was like showing me a couple places, a couple great beer places. Got some good Tucson beers. I uh, the first place was actually I'll have to look it up because I want to get this right. Uh, so while you're looking that up, uh, I'm not sure if you remember the place that you sent me the picture from, but there's this bar that Greg went to. That's the first place where the biggest sign in the bar was a sign declaring the last day the tap lines were cleaned, which was the day before. Uh, which was that's crazy that that's like the biggest piece of signage in the bar but <laughs> there, there was other signage in the bar but that was you've, it's the largest print thing I'm sure no. it's pretty big compared to everything else in the photo well, I'm yeah, sure that, the photo was, wasn't the entire bar yeah. but uh, so that was a tap and bottle I think that we went to yeah uh, and you can you can look at it online the tap and bottle dot com and you can see the other stuff and what their interior looks like. But yeah, they, they, we just had a conversation earlier or not. I don't know when it was, but we definitely had a conversation recently about tap lines and mm-hmm. it was cool to see that this place cleans their tap lines. <laughs> they care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we went to the good Oak bar. Uh, and then we went to the place where I think it was called Ernie's. It had like duck sliders and things like that. That was good. And then we went to the, to the, Hotel where Dillinger was caught. Okay. Just to check it out because it was a cool, like, downtown thing. And then then I went back. Um, oh, it was really cool. It was kind of you know, a cool chance to look at that downtown Tucson. It's a fun, fun little town. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm trying to remember what beers I had. I had a 
Foreign Export Stout from from one of the Tucson breweries was very, very good. Then it was... Another one was Pablo Verda, I believe is the name of the brewery, and it was an IPA, and it was just like, oh, okay, Chinook and Simcoe. <laughs> <laughs> my Greg's favorite. It was like, okay, I, I get it. I mean, yeah, not, not my favorite uh, type of IPA, but I, I wasn't in it for, you know, oh, I'm just going to analyze this to hell. I was like, all right, I'll just enjoy it. Forget that's in the glass, just throw it back. Yeah. And then this place, Ernie's had like a whole, like thirty different flavored vodkas, <laughs> thirty different <laughs> infused vodkas. So I had their like mojito made with vodka instead of rum. Okay, it was good. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's not a whole lot to say except for I just enjoyed it. I got a lot of cool pictures. It's a cool area, cool town. Mm-hmm. I had a fun time, and the, I think that the the good thing about it is. You get to you know you get to meet your meet who you're working <clears throat> for essentially the, the the people who you're developing stuff for mm-hmm. and you get to have that face to face conversation. But it's also like, okay, yeah, I'm part of the machine, right? I'm I'm a <laughs> I, I, I am part of the capitalist machine that grinds down people short. But at least what I'm doing is not I'm not designing weapons, right? I'm helping people have vacations. Mm-hmm. It, it it it's a decent feeling to right. feel like okay that's. <laughs> I'm doing my part to like in in some way not destroy the world. Yeah. I mean, you could be working on high frequency trading systems. Yes. There's right. lots of worse things. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing lawyer stuff before. I mean, you could help oil and gas companies. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Veer. You know, <laughs> not my, not our proudest vertical my, for me, but uh, you know, the entertainment fields are more exciting one. Yeah. Actually, we don't. Uh, we don't. Uh, seems like uh, I don't know. Our oil and gas doesn't seem to be as getting as many headlines as it used to. Entertainment is blowing up. Life sciences is really big. Well, I mean, any you need constant entertainment. It's constantly needing mm-hmm. more and more data they need to crunch. And That's oil and gas of, is probably on like kind of a spending freeze right now with yeah. the price of oil. So probably pulling back on investment. They're still making bank. Some are. I mean, like the places that run the drilling rigs and stuff, you know, you hear the, like the ones in the, the Bacchus oil up in North Dakota and whatnot, the, you know, they're contractors who run the drill. And, and I'm, I don't mean to sound too sympathetic for guys that are, you know, fracking and whatnot, but, you know, those are people getting laid off. There's companies going out of business because they're not being hired to drill the wells because all the wells have been drilling has been put on hold while the prices are so You still low. get situations where the CEO is making 30 times what... Yeah, the CEO. 200, 30, actually, 30 times is, is, is a small... is be much more acceptable than 300 <laughs> times that CEO is uh, making sure. uh, Right. What no, absolutely. Maybe. maybe the reason they're able to be so profitable is because the way they contract out all the mm-hmm. uh, services on the edge. Yeah. Well, welcome to the 21st century where we're all wage slaves. <laughs> uh, Controlled so. by a very tiny elite that uh, pretends that we have power. If voting actually if voting actually had power, they'd make it illegal, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two puppet parties. 
Yeah, let's get on to something a little more. Okay. <laughs> let's change the subject. I don't feel like being I saw the movie Interstellar. Okay. Oh, that's right. I was going to watch that for, for the show. I didn't get around to it. I did not like it very much. I liked the design of the robots. I thought that was very cool. That's about it, huh? The effects were decent. The story was three quarters of a story and then turned into something like what? Uh, so very Nolan. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> very Christopher Nolan. That's I'm not, not the first time I've heard that yeah. this week is it's three quarters of a story and then kind of goes off into nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes off the rails. And then has like the, the cheesiest fucking ending ever. Um, yeah, pretty bad. I'm kind of, I, I was kind of, it was also not the movie. It was like, I, I was watching it, like just trying to absorb it. And it just, another one of those movies that just keeps getting worse and worse. The more you actually think about it. Mm. Yeah. Nolan is a decent enough director, I think, but he really needs somebody else to write scripts. Okay. Penguins lost last night. Out of the playoffs. They're out of the playoffs. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, pretty much knew that was coming from being in the playoffs. They definitely were not peaking going into the offseason. They were doing the exact opposite of peaking. So the Rangers beat them? Yep. Oh, I thought about this one. Okay. There's this whole thing. We've talked about it, I think. John Stewart leaving the Daily Show, right? Really, and we've also talked about this, though, really, though, John Stewart already picked his successor. His successor is John Oliver. It's right. just that John Oliver's doing a different... Right. It, it's, it's a different show, but it's really the successor to what John Stewart is doing. So the Daily Show is going to change, and probably not for the better. But right. that's okay. We don't need to have necessarily a continuity of show to have at least a continuity of the kind of... The mood that John Stewart put out mm-hmm. there, which is definitely expressed in John Oliver, right? John, I mean, being a weekly format, you know, a longer format type show, you know, I, I definitely like how uh, last week tonight picks a topic, you know, and these just delves into it for twenty minutes, these yeah. super frustrating topics, you know, yeah. the, the things that really people need to know about, and you know. Having it on HBO for an hour a week yeah. isn't enough to have people know about it, but it's also nice that I mean, you know, yeah, Fox News is silly and, and frustrating, but at this point, it's 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 a parody of a parody of a parody. At this point, <laughs> you know, you're not going to, you know, that Fox News is going to be ridiculous. You're not shocked anymore by the the stupid mm-hmm. things that go on right. on over there. It's lost all any semblance of even trying to be a news network. So. You just say, you know, whatever. It's Rush Limbaugh now, right? Yeah. Well, it's um, and that's it's, it's this whole it's this whole news entertainment thing. Yeah, news news fotainment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's the thing this week about Doctor Oz. Did you hear about this? Yes. Where a bunch of doctors have signed a thing trying to get Columbia, I think it's Columbia, mm-hmm. to um, get him. You know, stop hiring him to fire him. He's he's on he's he's on their senior faculty he's he's tenured right I mean maybe he can't just (laughs) drop a tenure maybe I don't know how that works but uh, 
you know, because he's on this popular show. He's yeah. doing pop medicine, not very, uh, not supported by science in a lot mm-hmm. of cases, a lot of alternative healing type things. Right. And, you know, these people think that, yeah. And stuff that he's obviously getting paid for. Right. So, but, you know, the thing, the thing that pisses me off about this whole thing, you can go on TV and be a TV quack and, and do this stuff and get paid for it. doesn't matter. Thing is, he's like, he's saying it's my First Amendment right to, to, to do this. Sure. But it's not, you can say whatever the fuck you want, but it doesn't protect you from being fired. It doesn't protect your... It protects you from the government. It protects right. you... From going to jail. From going, right. The government can't do anything about your speech as long as it is within, you know, as long as it's not violent speech or... People can protest you. You can yeah. be fired. Mm-hmm. You can, whatever, you know, it's it's... You're not guaranteed positive public opinion. Yes. For free speech. And but the way he was using his, you know, this is the freedom of speech issue. This is protected by the First Amendment. No, well, no, it's not. It's 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 different. It's like people are not a, saying you can't. People have a colloquial understanding of First Amendment versus an actual like legitimate legal understanding of what the First Amendment is. Right. But this is people are persecuting yeah. me for me speaking my mind. Is what he meant to yeah. say. And yeah, the thing is, yeah, that we allow that here. That's the point of the First Amendment. In like in places that don't have the First Amendment, like in in um, in England, you can you can get seriously legal, legal trouble for saying something mm-hmm. uh, negative about somebody, even if it's even if it's true, right? <laughs> so yeah, you you have that protection. Uh, in in the United States, that you can say what you want to say about something, as long as, like I said, as long as it's not violent, you can say whatever you want, and then you will be you you will not face government sanctions for what you say. But being a for profit TV doctor personality does not guarantee you that your cardiothoracic fellowship or whatever, right. Yeah, is protected. Absolutely. There's a difference between you know it, it's it's interesting. There's rights versus freedoms. It's something I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So really, what is a right? A right is a limitation of freedoms, right? Because a right is we've mentioned before. It's the society grants rights. Rights. There's no such thing as or I don't believe in. Let's put it this way. I don't believe in. Uh, inalienable rights that, that we simply have. We're granted rights by society. Think of it this way. Freedom really means freedom. It means asymptotic freedom in, in, in any direction. So you have the freedom, for example, if you have complete freedom, you have the freedom to go around killing people. No, we take that freedom away from people. Mm-hmm. We curtail that freedom to give people the right not to be murdered when you live in the society. So you have a freedom that is curtailed in order to grant a right. So that in that way, liberty is a bounded version of freedom. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to keep extending the boundary as much as we can while keeping society stable at the same time. That's, I think, the ultimate goal. That's why freedom is not liberty. They're not the same thing. Yes, sounds good. Okay, moving on. Yeah, I mean, we're coming from the same point yeah. of view. 
you know, we had that discussion about God-given inalienable rights, right? And yeah, it's it's based around the the rules of the society, the mores of the society. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was having a conversation with a guy at work. We really didn't have time to finish it, but it was fun because he felt there were kind of fundamental human rights, and the fact that we see them on the surface as fundamental human rights just means how right. important they are to us. But there's nothing special about them. Yeah. I was reading something where somebody was like, was trying to make the point that this guy, like there was this guy who was a slave and then he, he managed to get free. And then he, uh, you know, became a campaign, a campaigner for human rights and, uh, and said, you know, his rights were, uh, you know, he, he then he re, he realized that he had the right to be free all along, and it, mm-hmm. it, it, if that were true, then he wouldn't have been born a slave. I mean, your rights are granted to you. That's the only way it it works. You there is no if if we had an inalienable right to be not slaves, and no one would be born slaves. So clearly, it isn't inalienable. Clearly, it isn't something that is right always there. And there's even so think back to the time of um, slavery or you know expanding into the West, right, where we had races of humans mm-hmm. that, and even much later than that, but races of humans that were seen as second class or you know something along those lines, like today. Sure, but specifically, Indians and black slaves, where. Mm-hmm. They were truly seen as approaching non-human, if not as non-human. Yeah. And, you know, at certain points for certain people, it didn't seem... I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase this, right? I don't know if I really have a good point here. I thought I was coming in up on a good yeah. point, but now it kind of just fizzled out. I was trying to say, like, you know, back to the whole inalienable or things that seem like obvious rights. Like, today, a human is a human and deserves the rights that humans get. You know, but in those two scenarios, humans generally weren't seen as humans. You I know? like your sculpture, by the way. Yes. Jeff has been taking a cage from a cork and turning into a sort of meta sculpture and this whole time just <laughs> messing with it and now sticking it into the cork. It, it's kind of cool how you can just sort of not even realize you're doing it and you're making art. <laughs> I knew I was doing it, but yeah. It actually kind of looked like a football before I broke it open there and <laughs> stuck it in. Uh, yeah, so whether it was an ignorance ignoring the fact that they were human or, or just society, the way society was. And I think it was a lot the way society was. I don't, I guess, yes, it, I don't think the they were ignoring was... that black slaves and Indians were real humans and they just wanted to conquer the land and subjugate them. I, I don't think, think legitimately... I, I, I don't think that was a conscious decision, right? I think it was probably more of, oh, yeah, and didn't put much thought into it. Yeah, they're heathens. They don't. They, they don't have towns and cities anyway. So let's just take this land. They legitimately thought that they were less than, and uh, you know the same way that uh, we le- people legitimately think that insects are not edible. 
it really is the same. Just it, it's a it's it's just something that, that's societal. It's not right. It, it's not a conscious thought thing. If people were to think this out, then they would probably see. You know, if they were to go through it rationally, they would probably see that okay, that makes more sense. But they don't. Mm-hmm. They just do their instinctual reaction and. It's it's totally understandable. It's a very human thing to do. This weekend was the anniversary of Gallipoli, and I know a lot more about Gallipoli after listening to Hardcore History with you, because <laughs> <laughs> I heard knew hardly nothing about it prior to. And I'm like, oh yeah, and then like they kind of recap, like yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was where the uh, the Allies kind of screwed up and didn't attack right away, and they mm-hmm. sat out in at sea for a month and a half and let the Turks build up their defenses. And, such as, such as the way of, of war moved so slow, even in yeah, World War One. Yeah, well, I mean, in World War One, they were doing a major adaptation. They, they, yeah, it did it, that changed war forever. World and Gallipoli was early on, yeah. before the trenches, before mm-hmm. all that. So they were really fighting a Napoleonic war mm-hmm. with giant steel battleships. Yeah. So they had some of the equipment, but they didn't know how to use it right. Basically. And uh, yeah, they screwed the pooch on Gallipoli, that's for sure. Go listen to Hardcore History if you haven't listened to it. It's amazing. Now we've got drones everywhere. It's amazing. Killing Americans. Well, there's still, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I I hate war. I don't know anybody who loves war. I know, I'm sure there are people, but I, you know, I hate war. But if you're going to do war, it seems like we're going to. It seems like it's kind of the natural state of people. Uh, I probably would rather it done with the kind of precision that we do with drones than with just carpet bombing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not that, like I said, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a horrible thing either way. But I would probably rather it be precise because we are again being ruled on being ruled on high by. Giant, uh, you know, moneyed interests that mm-hmm. have no, uh, that really care little about us. So we do what we can to survive, right? And drink beer. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. It's nice not having to put American soldiers in harm's way. Uh, collateral damage is a shame. We kill far less people with collateral damage now than we ever did before. Yes. Yes. So one of the questions you hear a lot, and it's, I think it's a legitimate one, is are we killing more ga- bad guys than we're creating with these, you know, with the, you know, the, no. the news of the drone strike and no. all that? No, absolutely not. We're, we're making 10 bad guys for everybody we kill. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very vicious circle that we are find ourselves caught in with no way out really uh if we abandon that area then we are sentencing you know we abandon iraq and we sentence a lot of iraqis to die because of that if we go in we're sentencing a lot of people to die damned if you do damned if you don't yeah (laughs) i mean part of most of me just wants to just 
be like, all right, that whole area, just let them do whatever they're going to do. I just don't even bother dealing with it. But that's not realistic. Yeah. It's, uh... And then, you know, you let the, the terrorist guys regain a foothold so they can launch attacks again. And mm-hmm. It's tough. I don't I don't know. Um, there are no easy I, I think we definitely... <laughs> Sure would have been nice to appreciate the uh the way uh people in those parts of the world Look behave. Well no, just just behave, right? Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we we're actually gonna democracy. Get, right yeah, get all of the experts from the CIA and universities and whatnot and actually have a conversation saying, you know, what would happen if we deposed a leader? Yeah. yeah. Someone who well all the people who were you know that that, that I poo-pooed were absolutely right it, it was a it was a boondock it was a, a horrible thing to do dumb idea i mean i remember this was a long time ago i was talking with dave and he's like yeah the just the 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 way that iraqis live their lives you know it's like it's all like bribes are a huge part of society. Mm-hmm. Like nothing gets done without bribes. And I can't quote what Dave said. It was so long ago. But but basically, these people don't understand self rule and democracy. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not a limitation of their intelligence. It's their li- it it's their culture. It's what their experience is. And trying to give them the gift of democracy just isn't yeah. gonna work. <laughs> I don't know if you've been watching the recent episode of the Community, but Britta had a great <laughs> couple lines about uh, about the U.S. and about their you know our our role and you know it was clearly it was like Dan Harmon talking to her, but it uh-huh. was um, we 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 were the colonies so high maintenance the British gave up. <laughs> we were the, <laughs> we, we were the people who were so obnoxious the French gave us a statue. <laughs> 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 we have a certain cultural legacy here and it's it, it's that we are the you know we're these yelling cowboys but we're you know but we're sure we're right and, and we're gonna we're gonna make noise about it right that's funny <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah so it, it's a mess and Syria is also a mess I'm not even talking about Syria, yeah. except for Angelina Jolie. Okay, she just talked to I guess the uh, United Nations Security Council or something about that. Like, like sounded like legit about. Like, yeah, no, she she quite clearly wants to statesperson. You know, she clearly wants to be a, a a more. She wants to use her celebrity for good, and that's mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Yeah, as long as you don't get. Two over yourselves, like you don't go Bono with it. Yes. Actually, the way you know, I heard, I heard a fair amount of her speech, and it wasn't celebrity save the children type yeah. stuff. It was like hardcore stuff. It's like you could almost see her running for office or being appointed, you know, Secretary of State type stuff. I mean, I'd, it wouldn't surprise me. Actors have done that before. Uh, Al Franken, right? He's a uh-huh. so yeah. So 
and and she has a lot of popularity to to, to right. ride. So that that gives her some that gives her power, and so she's using her power for good. Yep. At least, and you know, I think it's a it's a good cause. Yeah. More power to her. Beer. 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 Beer here. Beer.